You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. We're back after a little bit of a break. Uh, I think that's okay, you know. It's sort of a weird time of year in Canada. It was the weather sucked, and then it was great, and now it sucks again. Uh, we're as expected. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I've been watching stuff. I watched the whole of the most recent season of Star, Star, Star Trek Discovery. It was it was okay. Uh, <laughs> it was only okay. It was not as good as season three, but it was better than seasons one and two. Uh, it was very character driven, and I think you focus on that, and Star Trek Discovery becomes a better show. Picard is good. Um, watching DS9, watching Attack on Titan a little bit, a little bit emphasis on that. Uh, you're probably you're probably still where where we were when I like left uh, two weeks ago, right? Like well, I, Reiner and Bertolt transform. I rewatched that episode where Bertolt and Reiner are revealed. Yeah, as yeah. The the uh, the armored Titan and the Colossal Titan. Yeah. But God, that was a hell of a reveal. It was a good reveal. It was a great reveal. No and the way they did it was just such a such a mind fuck. Well, yeah, especially because he just goes, Ryder just goes into it. He just looks at her and he goes, so I'm the armor titan. He's the colossal titan. Five yeah, years just ago. so yeah. casually. I've never <laughs> seen something come out like that so casually. I do feel like all of that happening and, you know, um, the scout regiment getting the information that Reiner and Bertolt came from the same place as Annie and then that sort of as a flashback, all of that together, and then how uh, Reiner told Aaron about him and Bertolt. I don't know. I felt like there was an opportunity to do something like a massive, like, reveal, you know? No, if they had, like, it was a massive reveal. Oh, my God, the music was so epic. It was no, like... I mean, like, if they, built to, if they had, like, built it up a little bit better, like, built up the suspense, like, maybe it's someone here. And then it makes, like, a little... It makes us, you know, afraid. I don't know. I think that's I think the way they did it was so subversive though to expectations of how a reveal happens that I think that's what that's what caught me off guard about it. I was just like, wait a second, this is they're just dropping this on the table so casually. It's like you're it's like you're literally unpinning a grenade and rolling it onto the table. Um, instead of like screaming and throwing it like an anime character. And I mean, you, they still do that kind of reveal when it, you know, uh, they, they find, they get to the basement and they look in his dad's journals. Oh my God. That just was... ends with, That's the, episode, like the scene I'm really looking forward to. The episode oh. just ends with uh, like, they see a photograph and they're like, what is this? Uh, and then they re read an explanation, and then, and he's just like, "I come from the world behind the wall." Like, I know? lost my shit when I saw that. I that's that's the moment where I was just like, "Fuck it, I am all in." Uh, that I I lost. I was just like, "I'm all in." Uh, that that's it. That was the moment the show got me completely hooked. 
So yeah, there's three moments. There's the rider and Bertholdt. That's what really hooked me. Number one, there is of course uh, the reveal when they look in his dad's journals, but the episode where just Historia and Rod Rice just touch Aaron. And in the first five seconds, first five minutes of the show in the span of five seconds, you see how he got his powers and you see that he, he had to eat his father. And it's just, it's just right at the beginning. Like yet the way they do the reveals. Yes. There are some more traditional kind of, reveals they save that for the end of the episode when they look in his dad's journals but those other reveals with reiner and Bertholdt and and how aaron became a titan they're just put out there completely and completely kind of unexpectedly uh and and those are the kind of things that made me realize yeah this show is this show is different man like and yeah it's the pacing that they do everything at that has been i mean the pacing in season two got to me and i and that's when i dropped off the show but I'm kind of glad I did because I would not have been able to wait. I hate waiting week by week now. Um, that is annoying me a great deal. Uh, but it's not. This is something I did not want spoiled for me, even though the graphic novel has been finished. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm very careful. Like I don't look up any information really about Attack on Titan because I don't. I don't want spoilers. Um, wait, you haven't finished the graphic novels? Well, no. I'm first of all, I'm reading the Colossal Editions. So okay. There is no final Colossal Edition yet. That comes out, I, I believe, later this year. Oh, snap. So you don't know the end of the story. I don't know the end of the story. I'm also not even like fully caught up in the manga, right? Because I'm on I'm on the fifth Colossal Edition. So I'm I'm really just at the part where Reiner's doing um like we're we're seeing how Reiner became the armor titan, how the others became okay. and and their and and the assault yeah. on the walls from their perspective. Um, I, I do like the extra information that's provided in the manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, it's it's really essential, but I, I do think it clears up a number of things that are maybe kind of vague in the anime. Um, and another show that I'm watching that, uh, you know, is kind of similar to Attack on Titan in terms of, uh, you know, there being a lot of foreshadowing and in terms of there being twists and turns uh, is Mr. Robot. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm so surprised that I did not watch the show when it was on TV. Cause this is my kind of show. It's so well acted. The story is really engrossing. What um, is the story about? So, I mean, without giving too much away. Uh, so the main character played by Rami Malek, um, he's, uh, like, you know, he's, he's, a, I, I, I guess he's a hacker. Um, and there's, there's other people he's working with who are also hackers and they kind of, um, have have their have have a goal and i don't i don't want to spoil too much because and yeah it's kind of hard to explain without maybe accidentally spoiling something but it's it's definitely worth checking out especially if you like those kind of you know wow unexpected well people say the reveal in season apparently one of my friends who i'm watching it with was saying that the reveal in in season one i guess for a lot of people wasn't really that unexpected um but there was a reveal in season two just now, which I mean, um, I, I don't really know how people thought uh, felt about it, but I, I definitely didn't see it coming. And uh, I think there's four seasons. So and uh, so like, you know, I, I, I think it's probably again, I have since I haven't seen the final two seasons, I don't know yet. But, you know, it seems like there's like a, a finite story there that they wanted to tell. It does. It, I would imagine it's not like one of those shows that just goes on way past its yeah you know best before days the the thing that surprised me when i watched because i've seen the I, I, now that i think about it i did see the whole the first season okay so you I saw thought, the twist in the first season 
I can't recall. It's been I literally saw it when it came out in like 2015. I'm um, not good with suspenseful shows, so I'm probably not going to watch this. Okay, so so I guess is it cool if I just say what? Yeah, dude, is? just okay. I'm fine. So right, he's working with this other group of hackers, and he feels the robot who is Christian Slater, led by Mr. Robot who is Christian Slater. The the twist here though is that Elliot, the main character, he is Mr. Robot. Christian Slater is another is is a is a is a second personality. Um, oh, so he's a Tyler Durden. Love that. Modeled on okay, so Christian Slater really was his father, and he owned okay. a computer store called Mister Robot. But now Elliot has created this other persona. Oh, yes, that modeled is on his father. Well, I, I guess at least in some ways modeled on his father. Well, is um, he is he aware? Okay, is the persona online or is the persona in his head no. Tyler Durden style no no like it's an actual second person persona that okay. he, he, he changes into and for the first season no he doesn't know that that's that it's him and okay the audience doesn't know um uh but then there are little things apparently my friend was saying like you know if you go back and watch that scene like if you go back yeah. and watch the season like whenever mr robot's talking elliot's not and elliot takes kind of a step back sometimes and mr robot will take a step forward and do they do things like where it's like when one is talking the other is out of focus or something like that, I don't know about that again because i've only I, i've only seen season one once and i like i, I like shows like that yeah um and then it turns out that one of the other people in this hacking group is actually mm. his sister who he didn't remember. He actually tries to kiss her. And that's when it's revealed. She's like, Oh my God, Elliot, like, who do you think I am? Um, and then it comes out like, Oh, she's his sister. And he didn't remember that either. Um, so what type of, like, why does this guy have this trauma? Um, I, I don't like, they explored and I know they explore yeah. a lot of him in season. Like it's about, it's very much about Elliot in season two. I do yes, know that. But, but like, so there is ex there is some explanation, but I think, I, I think I probably have to get through season four to maybe under understand it all. Gotcha. I think with, with FX, it's fine. FX shows. It is FX. If I, um, I actually don't know what it originally was. I'm not sure. Um, a quick Google search. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't FX. I believe it aired on USA in America. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. What I was going to say about FX shows, but like, I think these basic cable yeah, no, I think it was USA. shows, Mr. Robot, I think of, they all, they're all sort of in a similar sort of style. Mr. Robot, Sons of Anarchy, like they have a story to tell and it ends when the story is done being told. Um, Do you guys care if I spoil the thing in season two? No, I don't care. Okay. No. Well, basically, um, so, uh, in so in C, well, there's there's still things that I don't, you know, I don't I don't have an answer to. I don't know what's happening. Um, but in in season one, one of the things he does is he he has his therapist and he 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 hacks the person she's dating, um, and he takes he 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 takes his dog. Um, again, I'm I'm I, I I forget some of the intricacies, but anyways, you know, the guy gets very upset. He says, "I'm gonna you know I'm gonna call the police." He wants the therapist to help him. And she's like, no, because like you were cheating on me, that kind of stuff. And then the end season ends with a knock on Elliot's door and that's it. And then we go into season two and uh, the, the, the story kind of continues, not from that moment, but kind of jumps ahead in time. Um, and we see Elliot, you know, uh, 
he, he's gone back. He's living with his mother. Uh, we see him uh, talking to this one guy on a regular basis. They're watching a basketball game on the court. He's seeing his therapist and everything. And the most, the not the most recent episode I watched, but the one before it, um, he's talking to his therapist and he says, you know, things have been better now that I'm back with my mom. And she says, Elliot, where do you think you are? Uh, and then all of a sudden you hear like, a, eh, 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 and it turns out he's in prison. What been seeing is uh, this one he knew he says because he talks to the audience as well like like, like okay like, it's one of those shows and he says like you know I'm sorry I had to keep this from you and everything and then you see that playground he's on where he watches basketball games that's the yard, yard? Yeah. yeah the the you know his 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 sparsely decorated room in his house yeah that's cell um. And and when he's talking to the to the psychiatrist uh, to his therapist, uh, he's in like the the visiting area. Uh, yeah. And I'm watching DS9. I'm watching a bit of DS9. I'm watching a bit of Picard. I, I'm caught up on Picard. The the villain of the season. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but the villain of the oh, season. Oh, I've already seen. I've already seen spoiler. You guys have seen the first episode, right? No, I, I haven't actually watched. It. I think at this point, I'll just watch it all when it's done. Yeah, Basically, me too. I don't want. I, fuck! I don't want to tell you who it is. I, don't I know who it is. Well, does Matt know? Do you, Matt? Do you know who the you villain? Mean, is? You mean it's not Q. Do you know who the villain of the season is? You have to answer my question. Yeah. It's not Q. You're saying. I can't answer the question because that's I, not a that's not an answer, Matt. That's a question. Well, I know who the villain is if it's Q, and if it's not Q, then I don't know. Okay, I know who the villain is. Okay. I've seen a clip of the, not a clip, but a screenshot. Well, like that whole interaction when the villains reveal at the end of the first episode, and then they basically, it reveals like what the world is like in the first couple of minutes of the second episode. Like, I thought it was awesome. And the way they're, they're laying out like the world and the world building of this alternate uh, his, history, this alternate. Uh, uh, oh, not alternate history, like this alternate timeline, basically, because it's very it's, different. It's very different from anything. They've done time travel before, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's a very different kind of time travel. Is um, for a very different reason. And the the world they go back to in episode three, and they're still there, I think. I, have to, I haven't watched episode four yet. <sighs> they're in 2024 Los Angeles. And... It's like surreal to watch for me. Because oh. so they're doing they're they're going back to their roots of modern commentaries. Very much so. Okay. In now I will fucks with that. In now terms I will of fucks actual with plot. Is this supposed to be like 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 the, the 21st century that led to the Terran Empire? No, this is the so it's the 21st. I don't want so I don't want there's a, okay. This is not a massive spoiler because you learn it in the first like five minutes of the second episode. So the second episode reveals that Q went back and changed something. Okay. And basically he didn't, it's not the, it's not a mere, it's not another universe. It's their universe changed by time travel. Okay. Changed something that made it so it, the, the Starfleet never rose. What rose to power was the Confederation of earth, which was okay. like a fascist, like human, like ethno nationalist star, like federation, the confederation of earth. Kind of like Terran empire. Kind of like Terran empire, but like, they're not, it's all, it's all human. And it's like, it's like not, it's like Terran empire. I feel like is like, you know, communist Russia. The, the confederation of earth is more like 
Nazi Germany. But but like oh, it would be all human because the Vulcans didn't land until like 2060 something. Well, so, so they haven't explained where the point of divergence is yet, right? It, it's it's very there's a lot of there's a lot going on still that we don't know. But and this is this is a test that Q is basically done. Yeah, it, it is a right? test and the thing he says at the end of the, the first episode is the trial never ended. Yeah. And that was, that's like the big conceit of the, the show. And we don't know why Q's doing this. We don't know like how this happened, like this change to, uh, you know, the timeline or why, and that's all going to be explored. Well, I mean, are, are, don't we know why he's doing it? He's doing it for the same reason he held the trial in, in, no, in and all good things, right? Hard when he later talks, because, like, his group, of course, is him. Yeah. Seven, um, Rios. Rios, and what's her name? The Black. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Then Allison Pill's character, who yeah. I can't remember, and then the Vulcan. Um, the, 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 not the Vulcan, the Romulan. Oh, is the girl who plays Soji not still in it? They kind of made it look at the end of season one like she would be part of his crew. Who's Soji? Oh, she's, like, in the first episode a little bit. Oh, okay. She's not very important. Okay, because the end of season one did kind of make it look like she was just going to be a regular member of this crew. Yeah, like, I think they maybe thought about it, but, like, in the first episode, it's very clear to me that, like, oh, they don't really like her that much. Oh, okay. Like, the creators, and I think Soji's kind of a weak character. Which one was that again? She was, like... Android. Data's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a great show. I think season two is better than season one already uh i highly recommend it oh you know what i think i will i will give it a shot then because i the was sorry i was gonna say what's the explanation for why q is old because he wants to make picard feel comfortable oh, he made, yes he wants to make picard he wants to catch up basically it's very cute yeah um i gotta say though i really really loved uh q's interactions with janeway though um they had a very hilarious special relationship um, that I, I just I adored. I thought it was I thought it was so much funnier than Picard's, uh, much lighter than Picard's relationship. Um, but yeah, no, you sold me on you sold me on the on the Picard thing. I think I'm gonna, I'm definitely giving it a shot. Um, oh yeah, no, just don't. It's definitely well made. It's definitely, definitely yeah. like all of it's got like all the money of Discovery behind it. Mm-hmm. It's of the TNG era of shows. Yeah, I mean, as I think it's they're they're working with good characters. I just gotta. I'm really just curious how they were working on it. Like, I wasn't so impressed by the first season, to be honest. Um, didn't really care about if Data had a daughter. I'll be I'll be honest. Like, I love Data. They didn't make us care enough about what their show was about. Yes, and so if. If that's it, like the way you're describing it in terms of the format it's using, I can I can uh, get on board with that. I also really hated at the end of the first season. You know when Riker shows up with the fleet. Yeah, that copy and paste fleet. So we have never seen Starfleet with just a bunch of like identical ships every time there's been a fleet battle they always have like different classes of ships and here it was just like it's just it's just one ship and i've never seen starfleet with so many ships either like um starfleet's in a good place where when picard is yeah happening by the looks of it i i guess but still the fact that it's one identical ship 
Starfleet has never just mass produced one identical ship. Which is fine. That's 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 totally legit. They've never done that before, but maybe they're in a place where now they're expanding beyond you know, I think I think it's reasonable to think that Sam, discovery wise, how are the uniforms? Discovery wise, they could be better. Like they're better than they what they were. Like they're sort of a little bit TNG because they were different in the in the third season and they get changed in between. And like it's like color, it's like your color, and then you got like this black stripe going down one shoulder, which mm. I kind of like, but it's a little long. The tune the shirt's a little long for my taste. It's a little like a tunic. Um, I think that the the best one by far is Culber, the Stamets's husband, the, the <clears throat> medical guy. Yeah. He wears yeah. like obviously like white. He's the only one in white and black. He looks awesome. Yeah. I think um, that, that that's what cool. that's what I'm like talking little, about, Matt. It's just a little man. What? But that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about is that you gotta make me care in a lot of different ways about the show. And uniforms on a show like Star Trek, that counts. Like the design of the show counts. So characters in that regard, it's it's the same way. Like it just didn't click with me. But 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 you don't have a problem with like the, the you don't think there's an issue with the design when like they just have one ship, a million of one ship instead of actually paying attention. I think as if they're that's the yeah, thing. If they're explaining it, if did they explain yeah, it no. at all? No, no, they didn't. Uh, I think like that's such a that for me that's something that is not important to me because I don't watch Star Trek for the you don't watch Star Trek for the massive space battles. But I do watch no. it for the uniforms. The, and the, the theme song. Uniforms in in Picard are the best uniforms ever. In my, opinion. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm so I really love the designs on those. You mean the ones that that are in like the the actual like universe, like the actual timeline, the real yeah. timeline? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, so yeah, cool. there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to watch Star Trek. I just when I watch anything, I care about continuity and those kind of things. Yes, you can be like, okay, well, now they're mass producing it because of this or that or but those it just feels like you're having to come up with explanations because like the guys who were in charge of the show didn't care. I so, can understand you. Yeah, like I mean, I, I don't I don't know why they decided to have the same ship, but it just feels kind of like sloppy. And, mm -hmm. and so that kind of thing kind of takes me out of it a little bit. You feel about the ships the way I feel about the uniforms. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And I hated the, the uniforms in Discovery Seasons 1 and 2. I did not mind those. I actually thought that was a nice break now, from I tradition. I didn't like them either, but I think what they were doing was they wanted to bridge the gap between Enterprise and the original series. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job of that. I did not... I'm not going to care that much about this new pike show i'm sorry it just is like i i hate rehashing shit i hate rehashing it and you also cast kirk for that yeah. show and i love the actor who was and i love the actor who who's doing pike i think he's a great actor i think the character was cool for like the 10 minutes he was in discovery great he got his glow um uh, I, that's all I need of him. I think that's all anybody needs of him. Well, for me, it's like we already have alternate versions of these characters. We got them in the in like in like the uh, you know the Kelvin timeline. So like I don't need to see a third version of James Kirk. 
Yeah. I mean, I had trouble accepting two versions because come on, he's, he's really William Shatner. Um, but, but okay. Chris, uh, Chris Pine did, did a pretty good job, but I don't need a third. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for one, I'm, I would love to see, let's, let's do some new shit with, there's so much potential for this universe, uh, this property. And they, you know what? Friggin' uh, mirror universe, the, the TNG version of it. There's a graphic novel of it. The story is great. Barkley is hilarious in the mirror universe because he's such a badass because it's the mirror universe. <laughs> People are afraid of him in his own universe. And it's such a it's so awesome to see the the flip sides of all the TNG characters. I think that would be a great um, great thing to try and do on screen, even if it was animated. Like you don't need to bring bring all bring them in as voice actors. Animate the shit. I don't care. You can do that now. All, what I really want to see, though, like because um, like what I really want to see in in Picard at some point. I, w- I want to see all the all the TNG people together in at least one scene. We didn't get it in the Star Wars sequels. I'd like to at least have one scene where you see, you know, the cast reunited. You really need it. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it once. It doesn't have to be a major focus, you know. Just just something. If not this season, next season, just just fine. One. I would like that. I would like their appearance to parody that of the hero shots of the Lord of the Rings characters coming up through the mountains and passing through that that V shape. One of the greatest scenes in cinematic history of all time. So yes, with some respect on Peter Jackson's name, you piece of shit. What are you talking about? I love that movie, dude. I fell asleep to the soundtrack the other night. So you, you shut your horn. You listen, stock still, and you respect Howard Shore. Damn right, I do. I fall asleep to that soundtrack. That's how comforting it is to me. I listen. This is the last thing I hear when I go to bed. So don't you don't you think I don't put respect on that movie? I'm uh, moving across the country, and guess what? Those three box sets—they're coming with me. They're not. They're not getting purged in the in the great book and DVD purge. No, they're coming with me. Uh, what are they like? Are they the they're the DVD extended editions? Of course, of course. What type of philistine do you take me for? <laughs> that and my my nine nine disc set of the aliens uh, extended versions. Nah. Do, you, do you own any of the Star Wars movies? Um, I may own a copy of one or two of them. So, so you're not, you're, you're not a big enough fan of Star Wars to, uh, any of the, uh, I have never needed to buy that movie. You know what I mean? Like I have never needed the, you know what? There's so many, the, so many versions came out of the Phantom Menace. I did not know where, like which one was which anymore. And I just, I, I never. Yeah, it never occurred to me to buy that DVD. I, I don't uh, own any Star Trek either. I I own I own the original uh, version of the Star Wars trilogy on uh, VHS. Damn. I own the special editions on VHS. I mean, I bought these like like the special editions when they came out. Um, I own the original trilogy on DVD, and then I own the entire uh, one through six on Blu-ray. Um, I, I do own seven, eight, and nine, but, um, begrudgingly, begrudgingly, uh, <laughs> and, uh, 
I'm never going to rebuy them. Like, I don't care if they come out on like 4K or whatever. I'm never going to rebuy. I'm never going to rebuy seven, eight, and nine. I mean, I, you know, I just don't care about them. I haven't bought a physical copy of a, of a video game, of a DVD or of a movie in, I want to say, five years. I think the last thing I bought was the fifth season of Game of Thrones on DVD, and I never even opened it. Yeah, I saw that thing at your place. That was a remarkable bit of millennialage there. But like, uh, you know, it's but I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's, it's the it's all just a waste of space. Um, I I don't know, man. I there are certain DVDs that I absolutely love. Like, Wait, I want to. I love the artwork. I love knowing more. One thing about the digital age that is pissing me off about DVDs is that I have seen a drastically um i have not seen enough i have not been able to see enough um behind the scenes content as i deserve to see and i i would love if like they do little documentaries now on it but it's yeah. not as it's not as epic as it used to be and you know what i, I wish digital versions had audio tracks with commentary released with them exactly. that would that would be kind of nice. The fact that we haven't gotten like a good, like wet, you know how like in the appendices for Lord of the Rings, you got like a wet workshop style, like exploration of all the props. How have we not gotten that for the Marvel universe? Exactly. Exactly. Like at least put out a phase one box set and have that shit in there. And I mean, like I would love a nice bare bones box set, Marvel box set, like use um, go as cost effective as possible, release it so that people could own a physical set of the of phase one without breaking bank. Would you like to own a physical copy of the Batman? Uh, if I wanted to, if I had the space to waste the space for one DVD, if it was starting a universe, yes. Like, because I've seen these collections of people who own every MCU, like Blu-ray, like steel box. Right. And yeah. Match and they look fucking awesome. That's what I'm saying. I want a cheap version of that shit. But like, I, I would talk about the Batman. Let's talk about the Batman. I yeah, that was the goal. thought it was the best Batman movie in a while. If not the best one ever, not the best movie that happens to star Batman. Very specifically. Okay. That would be the Dark Knight. Could you clarify? Could you clarify? Okay. This is it, it captured the essence of Batman. He's a detective. Mm -hmm. He punches people in the face. He's intelligent. He's a tech guy. Like he you you have all these things are Batman. He's not just a vigilante billionaire, right? That's what the that's who uh, Christian Bale was. I see what you're saying. You no. Know? And he's not just the guy that beats people up with and uses gadgets. That was Ben Affleck, you know? The yeah. time we got real detective work in Batman was Michael Keaton. You're right. Washington. You're right. So I, that's my two cents. I totally agree about the detective thing. I think there's a lot of things like that that this movie did right. Uh, I, but my my feeling on the movie, it can kind of become kind of be summed up with uh, a, a little uh, exchange that Kai and I had when we came out of the theater, because we all saw it together, we were kind of talking and Kai said something that I was thinking at the same time. And Kai said, do I care? Um, and that pretty much summed up how I felt about the movie. 
yes, it was great that we got to see Batman as a detective. We, we got to see him, you know, as a gadget guy. But I think we spent so much time seeing him as Batman and not really seeing him in any other light that I, I didn't really like feel anything for him. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't care about this Batman. Now that could very well, if this becomes an, uh, you know, a series and we get to see him kind of grow, then, then, you know, this could be a, a great part one, but just on its own, I didn't really feel like we got into his head at all. Whereas like with, with Batman begins, um, I, I just felt like there was a lot more reason to invest in the character, but and, which isn't to say that it's a bad no movie or it was acted. It wasn't acted well, or that the, like, I mean, from the foundation up from the script to the design work, to the, to the production, to the acting, everything, uh, even right down to the lighting and sound, I'd even say it was all noticeably really beautifully and well done. That being said, there were, and 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 gotta say, extra points. Like, it was a phenomenal relief that we didn't have to sit through another origin scene. Kudos to these creators for finally getting it. And they 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 might have like queued into Homecoming uh, for that one. The thing with Matt Reeves is, well, yes, Spider-Man: Homecoming as well, like very much like that. But Matt Reeves. This is like the second franchise he's restarted. The first one being mm-hmm. the Oops. And he did a phenomenal job, I think, with doing that. With doing what he set out to do, A+. Plus. Yeah. With, making, with defining Robert Pattinson's Batman as unique and like, you know, it's a new flavor or a new take on the flavor. It, it's also unique. Also very successful, A+. Plus. I it's think, a familiar flavor, I think. I think we've all we've all kind of experienced this Batman before, but he, he was remembering this Batman, was, I felt like. Very specifically for me, he's not dark. He's gothic, which is what Batman is supposed to be. Mm. You guys can't see this, but I'm pointing at Sam in a you got you got it right way. As a, you know, Okay, so I, I'm I'm curious though, Kai, because you know I I brought up that you said, "Do I care?" and I agreed with that sentence. Yeah. So what was your reason for saying it? I I don't know that we needed a Batman mo- man movie right now. I think maybe I'm having hero fatigue. Maybe I'm having epic fatigue. Maybe it was the pacing of the story, and it was a three-hour slog. It was a beautiful slog. It was, you know, but it was a long movie. And maybe, like, some of that has to do with it, but it just... And I'm not... And I really, really want to emphasize I'm not slogging any of the people involved or their performance. Disagree. Hard disagree. Uh, I just found a... I found a hard... I found it really hard to connect um, at to to the narrative, maybe, maybe to the characters, maybe, maybe it was just maybe it was a movie that was too aware of itself, and I became aware that I was watching another Batman movie. Maybe mm-hmm. it was the the psycho hype around it, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that it was the maybe it was trying to protect myself from getting hurt by another shitty remake that I didn't open myself up to the movie. I, I don't know. It could be a multitude of reasons. 
I disagree. Okay, well, I can't disagree on your feelings, of course. No, your you feel your feelings are wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Um, obviously, we know that I have better taste because Kaim is watching Critical Role now after years of me recommending it to him, and he loves it. So that's that proves I have better taste. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> I'm finding that, like, I was sort of tuned in on not like all watching every clip that was revealed before I saw the movie, but like re-watching interviews, trying to understand like where the headspaces of like Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, Zoe Kravitz were in the creation of the movie. Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman had a lot bigger of a role than I was expecting. And I was happy about it. I liked mm-hmm. her. Catwoman. She, we haven't had a, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was so milk toast and bland. And, and I loved it. She was my, she's been my favorite. She's been Ooh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Adam Hughes' Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway. No, don't you can't say shit like that. No, we're talking movie. We're, movies are a separate. Are the auteurs are the director's medium. They are not the auteurs medium. Like, I, but, I got I got to agree with 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 Sam Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, especially because we had like really strong performances with the Joker and and Harvey Dent, and I actually li- really liked um, Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. Or she was the best thing about that third movie. The Dark Knight is the only. The Dark Knight trilogy is the only Batman where they actually say Ra's al Ghul's name correctly. Like it's it's Ross because it means the demon's head. Um, so it is Ross because I hear some people say Ra's al Ghul. Cartoons, everything else they say Ra's. And yeah, I don't know. I never understood why. I always read it as Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul says it's pronounced Ra's, but he says he's based it on Arabic, so thus he's actually wrong about his own thing. <laughs> I've always read it as Razal Ghul. That's how I've always read it, but then I've heard it pronounced differently. Yeah, no, they, I've I've always thought, who the hell are they talking about? Yeah. Anyway, but like with me reading or watching The Dark Knight, I, The Dark Knight, The Batman, it was not a slog. I do not believe it, think it was a slog at all because I knew going in that it was going to be laden with imagery and laden with like Easter eggs and everything. So I was engrossed by that fact, and I my being engrossed was, or my 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 attention paid off. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had come out, like a world has been built. Yes, I understand. I am with you, Kaim, on the superhero fatigue, but and maybe you know, honestly, I would have prefer right now, like where we are in time, a Superman movie would have been better, like than a yeah. Batman movie. You know, like bring back Henry Cavill. I want another Henry Cavill movie before I get another Batman movie. Like, but that doesn't change the fact that it was still successful and that I want more. And that by the end, we sort of see a turn in Batman. Every Batman turns yeah. like, I want to be more brutal and more violent and brooding. Ugh. But now he's realizing that, like, not only as Bruce Wayne can he be a force because he realizes the power his. He finally re- like realizes the power the Wayne family has and the Wayne Foundation. It was I wanted a- to see that happen. It on was a force for evil, basically. The, the Wayne Foundation, the Wayne Fund, whatever it was, was a force for evil. But now he can make it a force for good. And then on top of that, he's realizing that Batman isn't just a brutal fucking. He's not just vengeance in the night. He can be this like symbol of like a better tomorrow, of hope, of all these things. Because he in that movie, he was a bit of a superhero. He saved the day. He saved the city. I and do like I did like that about it. That was something we haven't gotten from Batman in a while. No. You didn't think that that third act was kind of like, oh, like I, I liked everything up until like, you know, we found out the Riddler was planning to like break. Yeah, you know, but all superheroes are like that. And that's not a bad thing. 
Well, but maybe it kind of plays in for me, at least to what kind of Kai was saying. It kind of just became like this kind of formulaic kind of thing. Like, even though I had trouble investing in this Batman, I, I think they did a good job with the first two thirds where it was very different. And it was just this detective story of him after this. You know what? I, I got to say, I, the aesthetic kind of, I think that's what did it for me. It's that so much of the movie took place at night. Well, it's a and no. I know it's a Batman movie, but so much of it took place. And that's, I think that's what got, that's what kind of did it for me was that there wasn't enough Bruce Wayne. And I think, Yes. Enough, I think enough. I think Bruce Wayne is critical to a Batman story. But and as as much as as much as it was cool to get a movie about Batman being focused on Batman, his motivation um, in this movie, we didn't get to see him use Bruce Wayne as a tool. And it felt like it is not a fully formed Batman, despite him doing all this cool detective shit. I'm going to push back I, on that. Because I, in defense of the, I'm, I feel like I'm defending this movie, and Kimes and Matt's against it, and Kimes in the middle. Uh, like I, I make it, just let me make clear, I am not against this movie. I think it did yeah, pretty right. much what it had to do to differentiate itself from the other Batman movies we've seen. But mm-hmm. like, um, I do feel like, uh, I, you know, I didn't expect to see as much of Bruce Wayne as maybe we saw in the dark Knight trilogy, but I do think it would have been interesting to have one or two more scenes to just get us, you know, help us get into who he is as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, we can, it seems like, yeah, he's, he doesn't really want to be Bruce Wayne. He is consumed by the Batman right now. But I, and I don't know how I felt about him being such a dick to, to freaking Alfred. Let me push back. Give me, give me, let me, let me talk again. Cause I talk all the time. I'm pushing back because we did see that Bruce Wayne. We saw that he isn't Bruce Wayne yet. He hasn't realized that Bruce Wayne was in this movie and you say Bruce Wayne was critical to it. Yeah, he was, but his the absence of Bruce Wayne is as important to the story as his presence is. He was in it. He just wasn't Bruce Wayne yet. He hasn't realized that he doesn't have to be Batman all the time. Right. And I think that that's something you do get in some Batman comics and some of the best ones. And I think it was in the pre New 52 continuity, he dated Vicky Vale for a while, who is a great, like, like a great, like, side character in Batman Mythos. Mm-hmm. And she, he's realizing that, like, he doesn't tell her his secret or anything, but she sort of, they, they like, they're in bed and she is looking at all the scars on his body. And she, he has to, like, lie to her about where they all came from. And he's sort of realizing, explaining to her that he's actually never, you know, gone alpine skiing and done this crazy shit that most people like with his money do. And that's not a bad thing that he doesn't like waste his money like that. But I think it's telling to the story that Matt Reeves is trying to tell that he's not yet in a place of realizing that his money can be of use in other ways beyond servicing you know, his vigilanteism. But no, but my, my, my issue isn't that I didn't get to see like the heroic, like, you know, Bruce Wayne or the, or the stand up Bruce Wayne or the facade that is Bruce Wayne. I just meant, I wanted to see more of the man. He, yeah. he can still, he can still be the kind of Bruce Wayne that you'd associate with, with the story we saw here. I just wanted mm-hmm. to see more of the man. I would say as well, how he struggles with things when he's not Batman. In my opinion, also the best Bruce Wayne is by far the Bruce Wayne, in the animated series. Because he was so, he was, he, you could see that 
he wasn't he in his heart he is not batman and he's not that bruce wayne he is somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. because he's sort of gone through all his shit already of like you know i know who i am i know that batman is a tool that bruce wayne can also be useful you know yeah. um i mean for me without a doubt though that the lack of inter the, the, the almost lack of interaction we really see between Bruce and Alfred was also um that was threw me for a loop. I was not like, I for me, I think the best Bruce Alfred dynamic we've seen on screen, at least live action. Um, and you know what? Even in the I think we can bring the animated series into this too. Um, out of all that, the best was was the Dark Knight trilogy. I I think their relationship is great. I don't know, man. Animated animated Alfred had some one liners, dude. He I was. guess it's, I'm talking more about the relationship. Yeah, that that Alfred had one. But no, that I'm saying that that relationship between um, animated and it was a good, it was a very it, good portrayal. It's clear to see in this one in the Batman that with what they're doing with Alfred, they're very much trying to build him up as like the Earth One. Uh, yes, Alfred, he's like a little grittier. He's not a butler by trade. He was like a bodyguard who's posing as their butler and. This is the, also that the Bruce Wayne, like Tom King's Alfred is very much like he was saving Bruce Wayne's life from something uh, or someone. I can't recall. I think basically like there was a short arc where like the for like six or seven issues where like half of the issue was Alfred's perspective like 30 years ago. And then half the issue was uh, Alfred's perspective now or in the present. And I could see a scene in which like the Joker rolls into the Batcave to fuck up Bruce shoot and like shoots Bruce and almost hurts him. And then Alfred like takes out a gun or something and like, you're not going to hurt my son. Cause that's something that is said quite a bit sometimes in the comments yeah. refers to Bruce as his son. And on father's day, you know, Bruce gets Bruce and Dick and Tim get Alfred a gift or, or service him or they do, they do something nice for him. Yeah. And they feel like that's the sort of thing Matt Reeves is going for because Andy circus is a little younger and, he because and closer to Robert Pattinson's age than you know Michael Caine was to Christian Bale, yeah, or what's his face was to uh, you know, Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton and George Clooney. Like, what they're doing, what they're building with them is maybe something in between, something a little more fraternal. Like, I'm your guide and your ally, but I'm but I'm could also be considered your partner in this crime, mm -hmm. you know. Like Commissioner Gordon is his partner in the crime fighting, and Alfred is his partner in that in not just crime fighting, but also in being who he is and in being Bruce Wayne. Still um, a guide figure. I'm glad you brought up the Joker because that was completely unnecessary for him to be in this movie. Like yep. I know it was only it was only a little cameo, but come on, <laughs> we didn't need another Joker again. Yeah, I saw. I watched this. I found. I went on Rada Alada and I watched the scene that they cut. And oh, has he? Have they released the scene that they cut? Yeah, it's on YouTube now. Uh, it's like oh. four and a half minutes. It's good. Okay. It's very much like like Bruce Wayne goes to him, or Batman yeah. goes to the Joker to like, I need your like, what can you tell me about this person? What do you think? Yeah. You no, know? he's very much laying out. Batman is laying out to the Joker why he needs him and that he needs him. You know, what do you know about this guy? What do you think you can tell me about him? All that shit. Uh, and it was a good scene. I think it was all very blurry and grainy. Like that was how it was filmed. It was filmed. So like, we're not like the Joker sort of out of focus a little bit. He's like, his face is so scarred. It looks like it's not makeup. Thankfully his hair's like falling out. He looks terrible. 
and he looks very much like uh it actually reminded me the most of uh the death of the batman from like the scott snyder run oh like, are you, are you, are you mean death of the family death of the family the one where his face is coming kind of coming off yeah. yeah very much like that and it looks like his face is coming off and it looks, I could see him like losing his shit in like, maybe he gets captured in the first like 20 minutes of the, the next Batman movie and he cuts his own face off or someone, or maybe he gets captured by some mobsters and they cut it off or whatever. He gets his face cut off and then he gets his face back. And then it's like the end of the move. The, the movie is like the climax is death of the family, but the main villain of that movie was someone else is what I could see happening. Do you think that it was unnecessary for the Joker to be anywhere near this film? unnecessary tiring exhausting like and i'm saying this as a joker fan this is like, I, he's like it, my favorite so, comic book villain but i, I did not i would make an here let me here's my submission yes you are right however the pro the last couple of years the dark knight is to blame for this the joker was not he was he is not he's like the batman's most important enemy but he's not his arch nemesis right He's Batman's got such a big rogues gallery that is so complex that you could make an argument that if Heath Ledger had played any one villain and done it so well, we would have seen Jared Leto cast as that person. We would have seen a movie get, we would have seen a Ra's al Ghul movie get made starring Joaquin Phoenix, you know, like that's just the, this is what Heath Ledger's Joker has rocked. So Unnecessary, yes. Could they have avoided it? Yes. I will honestly make a fucking Batman trilogy with no reference to the Joker at all, and I'd be all for it. What I don't you, mind if you're doing a trilogy, I don't mind you put the Joker in it, but we well, didn't need him yet. Perhaps what I think they're doing is they're trying to lace, they're trying to lay groundwork. Second movie, bring in fucking Tony Zuko and Tim and Jason and Dick, right? You bring in your first two Robins. And then in this in the third movie, you bring in maybe you introduce it. Jason's been killed or you do that in the first like five minutes. And then the rest of the movie is like Tim convinces Bruce to take him on. And then you do another movie. And then the fourth movie is he, Damien comes along and then he dies. And then D Dick becomes Batman. Like they're, maybe they're trying to build something here. And that certainly is what it feels like. It feels like with all the, the world building they did in it about Gotham is there. Matt Reeves really wants to make something of this. Mm. He doesn't want it to be just a trilogy, you know. I feel I could feel like he hit he, he, him becoming the uh, the Russo brothers of the new DC, the un, the still unnamed DC Cinematic Universe. Okay, that's my, that's um, my, my opinion. I I think that um, you you bring up an interesting point uh, about him wanting to create his little pocket in the DC universe. I think DC needs to do. Uh, their kind of DC Knights thing. They need their they need their uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Defenders pocket of characters. They're more street level, grittier characters, and then they need to do the cosmic shit on on some other side. And I think Marvel has that spectrum of characters, which I don't think DC gets enough chance to do. And also, Batman could could really benefit from a six-part miniseries where they get to really do some deep detective work stuff like that. I think that would be totes cool too. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. Like I just, I just, as a, even as a Joker fan, even as, uh, somebody who, um, 
you know, who, who, who loved the Heath Ledger performance, who loved, I mean, even the Jack Nicholson performance was really good. But, but as a Joker fan, it was just, it was unnecessary. It, it, he didn't need to be there. Even if you're world building, he can pop up j just in the, in the second one. He doesn't need to have anything for to do with this one. For me, I'm thinking, I don't know. I just think about maybe they should try and do something very off the wall. Like we saw, you see that scene. If you're a Batman fan, you've seen that scene. Even if you didn't, and if you saw that movie, you probably, and you just saw the movie, you're not a, you're not a person who like looks into things Then maybe you didn't see it. But I could see them doing something where like those first, couple minutes of, the, of the, the next movie is like the Joker like comes out of Arkham gets plastic surgery and he gets like reformed basically or he feigns being reformed and then he makes like he goes on the late show he goes on a, a late night talk show like in the Dark Knight Returns and then he like fucking kills the guy and very much it's like oh he's back and then he becomes sort of like the the, the secondary villain in the second movie because I think maybe you and you give him more of a more of a Cesar Romero vibe than a uh, oh god no. no 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 not like goofy but in like uh he's much more of a gentleman like villain than he than he was than he, we have seen him as the last couple of times maybe i mean it would be it would be a different take yeah uh, cer certainly um uh, i don't know i feel like i i think part of it is that these stories don't get a chance to breathe and I think that's why we, I think that's some of the DC fatigue is that they're not putting in, or you know what? That's the thing. Like they just did Peacemaker. They made a show, a successful show about superheroes. It can be done. It, it can. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm just saying, like, I would like to see these characters get a chance to breathe more. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what's cutting into the, to the formula because. And maybe that's why there's always that comparison to the comics is because comics you get, you really do get a chance to breathe a lot more. Um, the characters get to sit and reflect in, in silence sometimes a lot more. And I think I, I, I personally would like to see like, yeah, if you're going to give me the Joker, give me the Joker over a six episodes, you know, miniseries where he's got to hunt him down and like actually fight him a few times. Uh, and wait, now I think we can have a discussion on like why you don't think Joker is Batman's arch nemesis. I think he's his, or he's his like his most important one, but he's not. But like arch nemesis, because I think in the modern, like at, at least since the '90s, he's portrayed in pretty much everything, comics, animation, movies, as being his arch nemesis. Me, only because I disagree on how on the proper definition of nemesis. It's someone who challenges him. Bat Joker doesn't challenge Batman. Right, he's just a fucking like loon. But he does know. challenge Batman. I mean, at the basic level, he challenges Batman to not break his rule. But that's I mean, I, yeah, that's yeah. the big one. I'd, I'd love for them to do something where they're not constantly exploring. Like, oh, I can't be a killer because I'm Batman. Like, I know I'm. I'm sorry. I'm fucking bored with that. It's like so played out. Well, Batman. also, it did kind of stand out in this movie when Robert Pattinson's Batman was like, he told, I think it was Catwoman, he's like, you know, you can't kill, it's wrong. I'm like, this Batman really doesn't, like, why does this Batman have that rule? Because this Batman doesn't seem like somebody who would have trouble. We'll get an, I'm sure we'll get an answer. I could see them doing some flashbacks in the second movie. Because I think it's good enough that I think it'll get a second, it'll get a sequel. Oh, yeah. And I hope so, too. Like I said. Mm -hmm. I, just because I didn't, I wasn't able to inv be invested as much in this one as maybe Christian Bale's Batman. I think that if this is part one of something larger, I think overall this could become a very uh, interesting and satisfying uh, story. Uh, yeah, so I, I definitely want to see more.